Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Queer Readers Podcast, hosted on our Discord server. I'm Alicia, one of the hosts. And I'm Ella, another host. Today, we're talking about Awfully Ambrose by Lisa Henry and Sarah Honey. Content warnings for this book include a scene of attempted non-com by a side character on the main character. So we are so excited to spotlight Awful Ambrose. It's so funny. And a brief rundown of the plot. It is about Ambrose, who runs a bad boyfriend company. Basically, he goes on bad dates with people who just want to lower the standards that their parents have so that they will accept and be grateful for their current partners who they might disapprove of for quite minor things. Um, and he is very good at his job. And he leads, meets Liam on a bad date that he is doing. Um, work, he's doing this in Liam's restaurant that he works at. And he is so bad and Liam hates him. And at first Liam is going because he knew the girl who he was on a bad date with. And he wants to like save her from this awful relationship because he's like, this guy is terrible. Why are you with him? And then she eventually tells him that she was actually faking it all and that was a bad date. And then he realizes that he could use it for his own gain since his um, mum is very hard on him about being single and he just wants to get her off her back about it. So he calls up Ambrose and asks him to go on a fake date for him. Not a bad boyfriend date, but just like a normal boyfriend date so that his mum will just get off his back. Only problem is, is that Ambrose is just way too good at being a nice boyfriend on this date. And now his family have invited him over to their really lovely vineyard home uh, for the weekend. And so now he has to be a bad boyfriend so that Liam has an excuse to break up with him and get his mum off his back once and for all. Okay, so... I just want to say that this book is absolutely hilarious. First chapter is from Liam's POV as he is observing this asshole just come into the restaurant telling these parents, oh yeah, he loves multi-level marketing programs. He was a porn star. Um, And then... Like ordering on the girl's behalf, being like, no, you don't need uh, anything more than a salad. You can't like say don't want you to be chunky and just like grossly insulting the parents and it is so awful and so funny yeah he's just utterly awful this is the he starts off as the kind of person you would absolutely hate but um just because based on the premise you kind of already know that he's a he's doing the bad boyfriend thing on purpose it's just absolutely hilarious what goes on um, and this kind of humor, it keeps on going throughout the whole book. I think Lisa and Sarah are amazing in what they do. We previously featured Red Air by them, which was also hilarious. And I think that's a theme that they carry on through their collaborations. Definitely. I think like my favorite line of the first Bad Boyfriend date was that he's going to go take a dump because if he's out in public, why not make other people deal with it? And then just swaggers off. And then when he comes back, starts trying to hit on like another table of women. Okay, my favorite part of that date is when 
Ambrose tries to do the tablecloth trick where you like yank out the tablecloth and everything is supposed to remain on the table if you do it right. He does not do it right. And Liam is running over begging him not to do it because it never works. And the fact that like Ambrose thought it actually would work we later found out that he practiced at home and it worked at home but it still helped his case because it just made the day even worse. Yeah, I think like Ambrose finishes off the date with I'm saying, well, fuck, that didn't happen on YouTube. <laughs> and it's just, it's amazing. It's hilarious. The whole book is such a fun, entertaining read. I think like the the one downside, well, one of the, the few downsides of the business is that he gets banned from quite a few restaurants. And he gets food thrown on him. Like he's like isn't it something like some percent of the time he doesn't even last until dessert? Yes, which is why he's quite excited for like the nice day with Liam because like maybe I can actually get dessert. Yeah, but oh my gosh. You he makes so much money off bad boyfriending. It's like that you start off at a hundred dollars and if you really want like the really bad boyfriend you it's a $400 and he doesn't even have to pay for his meal. I know, like his roommate is so jealous because he keeps going out for these lovely restaurant meals. And like, as his bad act, he literally like orders a whole seafood sharing platter. And he's like, I just want it for myself. I don't care that like your daughter is allergic to shellfish. I want all this. I'm not sharing it. I mean, I wouldn't share either. I love seafood. <laughs> oh, neither. Yeah, but I think I also really like um, Ambrose when he's going on Liam's nice date or nice fake boyfriend date. Yes, it was such a cute scene, like especially that first bit where Liam's sister Neve is explaining that her fiancé is like a investment banker and he's like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And then like the little sister Riley, who's like 14, is like, you don't have to pretend to be interested. And he just kind of fake whispers like, I know, but I'm trying to make a good impression. Yeah, he's he's very sweet, but he also has this internal moment when he's like, oh, wait, I'm here to be nice and not to be mean, and now you can't insult them and, like, (laughs) the mental twist he has to do because he's so trained to be an asshole. Gonna rein in some of the comments, but then it kind of works because the eccentric granddad just absolutely loves it, thinks he's great. This is the thing, like, even when he's being, like, a bad boyfriend at the house, like, the granddad still loves him. Yeah, I think that it's very interesting. It's like the granddad, the granddad is like a cat who can secretly sense who is the nice person and who is an asshole because, you know, there's a real asshole in this book. Yeah, he's just got that sick sense. I also love how he just has to get like the new boyfriends and partners just like to get them smashingly drunk on the wine being like you can't spit it out you gotta drink it all yeah i think my favorite i also have a favorite line from this part it's like um when ambrose says i've said the same thing myself on more than one occasion spitters are quitters (laughs) and the granddad does that yeah it's like they get along great and i think that's great for ambrose because it's kind of his backstory is kind of sad that he went into 
you need to study theater because his mom was a formerly famous actress who still kind of hung up on her glory days and he he kind of did this to please her i think yeah i think it more of like a combination of both he kind of likes it but also there's a lot of pressure from his mom um, yeah quite unstable i mean she has like like every kind of she's well she has like a yeah, I'm not... Delusion. Oh, sorry. I don't know how yeah. to word it properly. It's like, I I mean, I don't think she's delusional. I don't think she meets the criteria for that. But it's just, it's it's kind of weird. And Ambrose is the one who has to take care of his mom. And... Because he, well, like, yeah. at one point, Liam takes a call from her um, and she's ringing Ambrose's phone and she's like, I've got this picture from with this like famous person, and I think Ambrose stole it because he's jealous. Yeah, it's it's very weird that like they their their relationship is really complex. Um, but then like Ambrose comes to this other family, and suddenly he's not the one who has to be responsible for everything. And I think that's a very different change for him. And he, so he genuinely does like Liam's family, but he has to like be awful enough or yeah, he has to be awful enough that they want Liam to break up with him. And it's just sad. And it's like from the bat, he really doesn't enjoy this, the bad day that he's on. And like, cause he makes quite a, a very important taste comment to one of Liam's sister's husband that is it I mean it was kind of it was racist um, yeah and it was like definitely over the line and he just like basically does like up in the ante just way too far and like I think that was like one of the hardest things to read just that like road trip down to the family because like it starts off where like they really like him and then afterwards like because he's just he also like buys four coffees and refuses to share them with anyone else and then drinks them all and then he's like this was a really bad idea because I really need to pee and like my heart is like racing and <laughs> it won't stop yeah it's I it's like different from a normal bad boyfriend date because now he's stuck in a car and he can't get out and these people like hate him now and it's yeah. just like I think at one point they uh they give him the dirty date baby diaper as like low-key punishment <laughs> yeah i don't i felt like it was like kind of really unfair of ambrose to end up stuck in this situation with liam like when i was reading i just felt so bad for him where like he he wants this family to like him he really likes the family but then like he, because of his job he can't and then he's really questioning like why am i doing this job why am i like making it such a talent to make people hate me and despise me and like doing it for one date with people who you're never going to meet again is fine but then like he just feels really accepted by the family like off the bat like especially by the granddad and I think that ties in with his like quite troubled kind of backstory in that his father just like abandoned him I think essentially even before he was born like never met him and then he gets his granddad who's like quite a fatherly figure to him and like this sees through a lot of his like bad boyfriend bullshit yeah i think the granddad 
he is the star of the show when they're at the winery where he just like he's so good with Ambrose and Liam. And he's just quite a chaotic demon because um there's a lot of drama going on at the end and he's just like grinning throughout all of it, just loving it. Yeah, he's he's great. I mean I would love for him to be my granddad. Oh, same. Just get like smashingly drunk with him. It sounds like so much fun. Oh my gosh. There yeah, there is so much wine in this book. <laughs> so much. And then he brings out the poor and Liam knows that it's all gone to hell. Yeah, well, spitters are quitters. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's some there are a few downsides to bad boyfriending not getting dessert, getting food thrown on him, getting kicked out of restaurants, getting like making nice families hate him. But then also, sometimes you meet other people who you were a complete prick during one of your previous bad boyfriend's dates, like Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Like, somehow, just without even trying, he beats Ambrose at being a bad boyfriend just every single time. So Marcus is the fiancé of Neve, who was one of Liam's sisters. And already, there's, like, he's made a really bad impression because they were meant to, like, announce their engagement at the family dinner. Liam had brought Ambrose too, but he got stuck in a meeting. So he is a very important investment banker and couldn't possibly like show up to his girlfriend, well now fiance's like family dinner to tell them that he's going to marry their daughter because why would he need to do that? Um, yeah. But then they do eventually meet him and he is just even worse. Yeah. And when Le- Ambrose Ambrose meets him, he realizes that he has seen Marcus on a previous date with someone who was not Neve. And like pretty recently too, so there's no way that it could have just been like a before relationship. Um, yeah, it- Marcus almost like seems to think that he's got Ambrose caught as well because he saw him on like what he thought was the date but was actually just like a, a bad date that he was hired to do so he keeps like making all these like sly comments and winking at him and like just such an insufferable way yeah and then at the end he forces a kiss on ambrose and tries to make him blow him i think yeah because he keeps making comments about oh i had that gay guys give the best head and then ambrose is naturally like no of course i'm not gonna fucking do that yeah, um, and then and this, he says, "What do I need to do to get a blowjob around here?" And you're just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's awful. And then it's close to the end of Ambrose's weekend at the winery, so it's like he feels like he doesn't have any allies on his side because he's made an effort to alienate all of them. So like, and and then Marcus as well, like. Marcus kisses him as everyone else is walking in, and then he says, like, oh, Ambrose kissed me, not the other way around. And then Ambrose just runs away because he's like, who's ever going to believe me if I tell the truth now? Yeah, because Marcus are like, oh, he was all over me, and it was all him. And it's like, and this is from, like, because whilst what he did was bad, I also, like, just before that, they're all playing Monopoly, and he's just like cheating, being horrible. And he literally like, because one of the sisters has got a little baby, 
and the baby is like just being a baby and goes out to like touch one of the hotels and he literally hits the baby on the hand and yells at them to like not touch anything and he just like why on earth would you hit a baby when you're just like meeting your fiance's family yeah he's 100 percent awful and unfortunately not fake Exactly. Like, I feel very bad for Neve. I hope she gets her happy ever after with someone who is actually decent. Oh, same, because you find out that this, like, it's not the first time that he's cheated and that she's found out before and then he's, like, promised he wouldn't do it again and then, like, immediately he's, like, trying to assault, like, her brother's boyfriend. I mean, once a cheater, always a cheater. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... I don't know why Neve's like sit around. I know she she should have dumped him when yeah. after the first time. Yeah, uh, he's oh my gosh, she's so awful. This is like he keeps making this like really like weird comments like about because um Liam is staying in like a very fancy apartment in Sydney and it turns out that like it was his granddad's flat like he got when it was like very cheap like years and years and years ago. Um, and now it's like super fancy um, and then like the fiance is it just like oh why don't we just move into your family's flat and we can just stay there and Neve turns to like no because that's not the family that's granddad's and like Liam is already living there and we're not meant to be staying in there that's just like if you want to go to uni you can stay there why you can't just suddenly take over someone else's flat <laughs> I, yeah, I think, like, at the end, after that kissing incident when Ambrose runs away. So, he, Ambrose is a city boy, and he has absolutely zero sense of direction. So, he just starts walking in some random direction. Yeah, and it turns out, like, he's, what, actually walking to a dam or something? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, the, the opposite of town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank God that Leonis' granddad came out to save him. Yeah, and like his granddad drives this like tra- tractor that can go what seven miles per hour. Yeah, <laughs> not anything more. Yeah, and like it's raining, and he drives it, and it gets all muddy, and he's trying to catch Ambrose. And it's yeah, very cute. Whereas Marcus got stuck on the road, and then tries to call up the family. And just expects them to like dig him out, and they're all like, "No, you can sleep in the car for all we care." Yeah, I, it's just like it's a very different outcome for the two of them. And Ambrose gets his happily ever after. Liam confesses that he hired a fake. Yeah. Oh, also, when Marcus is leaving, and Neve has like broken up with him, he asks for the ring back, being like, "That was a very expensive ring." She says, no, I'll set up for $50 and vodka, which, yes, what a, what a last, like, what a thing to say, that, like, was the last thing you're saying to your ex fiance like, wow. 100% asshole can take lessons from him about how to be a bad boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You could give a masterclass. I also, another, like, moment I loved is that um, Liam's mum puts them in the honeymoon suite oh my gosh and it's got like a sex basket like it's got edible chocolate and like it has like sex toys and stuff in there right 
Yes. Like lube and and some condoms, I think. Yeah, and I think there were also like handcuffs or something. I think he might have suggested to the mum that like she should get some handcuffs and floggers and like oh. some some like things on the bed to help with that. It's like, yeah, I can show you. I'm like an amateur enthusiast of that kind of stuff. But then, and of course, this leads to our favorite trope in which there's only one bed for them to share. It's fantastic. Always love that trope. And then they get like stuck because they're like the locks all it gets broken, so they're stuck in there overnight. Yeah, it's like the version of Snowden together where yeah. there's no <laughs> snow, and of course, there's only one bed and only one hot tub as well. <laughs> Yeah, and I think they have a really good time when they're alone because that's when Ambrose gets to be himself. Yes, and it was just really cute because he is such a funny guy. Yeah, and also, how else are you going to have smut if you're not locked alone in a honeymoon cabin with no phone to call for help? Because <laughs> he refuses to have an iPhone because he much prefers Androids. But of course, they've only got charges for iPhones. But no, it was. I also really like because you get a few scenes where Ambrose is like trying to be sort of a dickhead, but then the is just like, oh god, is he, is he going too far? And it's just, just like they're clearly quite conflicted where Ambrose is like trying his hardest to like do the job that he's paid for, but then the are like, no, but I actually like you, and I don't know if this is like the right thing to be doing but also this is what I had you to do and it's just like what a complicated mess yeah and I think I really liked how granddad was just like laughing at everything Ambrose said because it just like it added this level of lightheartedness to the book that we needed definitely like because yeah I will say the card I think is the hardest thing to read because like there's just not a lot of levity and whilst in like the other scenes other characters are getting like quite pissed off there's always someone like kind of laughing at it like riding the young sister who's just kind of loving like how awful he is and like quite how how it, it's outspoken he is because she just wants to do that as well so he's just like a bad influence on her yeah i yeah he has that that one was riley right Yes, yeah, Riley. And I just learned um, that the winery that Liam's family owns, it's based on the real place in Hunter Valley. Oh, yeah, the, the valley, like, the winery sounded so beautiful. I'm like, my God, do I wish I was just born into, like, a, a winery family. And I thought I was, like, such a great... <laughs> it's so pretty and you can just have like alcohol all the time <laughs> wait which part is the benefit for you i mean both both <laughs> i mean i i don't drink at all personally but i think it would it would be very pretty to live in a place like that and they also like the I family was like great. they do like I mean, I also don't eat cheese. I think on their very first day, they do this, like, cheese board. Oh, yeah, because one of the 
one of the husbands, Ohan. He, he runs like a, a cheese business. And so yeah. they make a whole great comment about how it's just like family synergy. Wine and cheese goes together perfectly. I will say that like I don't actually like wine, but I feel like I would really enjoy I just kinda wish I could just go along and stay with this family and they can just teach me about wine and it will be like so fun and I can like learn more and get drunk. I mean I and the dumbest question I ever asked someone like so I used to work with people who are a bunch of like wine fanatics and then every Friday they would go and have wine and then I would have water or something <laughs> it got me out of work one hour early and I was still paid for that one hour so it was nice um, it. yeah yeah, but but at one point, like they were like trying wines, and they were like, mm, "Not too dry." And I just looked at them and like, "You're drinking the liquid. How can this be dry?" <laughs> Same. I don't understand how you can have dry wine. I still no. don't get it. It's like they're. Which I'm not sure if it's like the or if it like means something different. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I do also love how. When Ambrose is like walking off in the rain after the whole thing has happened with Marcus and he's walking the wrong direction, he's like, Why have I done this? I'm soaking wet, but I can't go back. Maybe I should just like crawl into the grapevines and just die. And then they can name a wine after me and it'll be awful Ambrose with just like hints of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. He's funny even when he's sad. Yeah. Very talented. <laughs> I've just like googled that Hunter Valley place where it's based off and it looks like so beautiful. Link me. I will, yeah. This is the thing, like I don't think you can really get wineries in England. I mean okay. some exist, but like not not like this fun scale. Oh my gosh. So I used to live in California. Um, where I was actually very close to Napa Valley, which I think is some kind of big green, like, or winery or something. I think it is. And it's, like, a, a fun holiday to do. Just, like, going around to all the wine places. Okay. It's loading. Okay. We, we have to talk about the epilogue when Ambrose passes off the torch. The bad boyfriend torch to Harry. Oh, uh, yeah. I quite quite like Harry as a bad boyfriend. <laughs> I Did you read horribly, Harry? I did, yes. I really enjoyed it because it's like he doesn't have, like, the bravado of Ambrose. He's more just, like, really outlandish. And he just, like, wears, like, really awful suits. And he, like, goes into, like, I can't remember what they called it, but it's, like, kind of a, a thrift charity type shop and he like just gets the craziest clothes like, yeah what i think i really like about this series in general is that all the boyfriends have very bad styles of how they bad boyfriend mm. um, yeah like oh, ambrose is like that like awful arrogant um at and at the same time super like i mean mom's porn how do you categorize that he like he asked the first like dad like oh he'd like to give me five grand and like cash or card and i can like set you up on this mlm yeah it's like he's just like in general he's like a 
a slimy person, I think. And then you have Harry, who's just like he wears the most awful clothes ever. And then um, there's Tristan, who's just himself, except he makes a bunch of sex comments. I don't know, you have to read the books to like really get a sense of like how they all have their own styles and systems. And I think it's really great that they managed to take this one idea and then they come up with so many different scenarios. I'm like, they're all so funny. Like it's generally, I can't get over how talented they are. Because I think writing humor is like the hardest to do and the hardest to do well, because it's so like, I feel like it's kind of easier to write tragedy. You kind of like know what plucks up people's heartstrings, whereas humorous. So I feel like it's a bit more subjective and difficult to pull off. But they do it every time. I love the epilogue when we're introduced to Harry and he is at the same restaurant ambrose was at the beginning and then he does the tablecloth trick and it works it was fantastic to see and it reminded me of that story from the grinch because you know when like in the grinch when like he pulls off the tablecloth and it comes off perfectly so he just destroys it afterwards and how like in the behind the scenes it was like jim carrey it was like meant to all come off the first time but like when he did it he just like did it perfectly without even realizing and then just like improvised destroying it afterwards which was like just made it so much funnier yeah it it just like it's great and actually the um the couple who he's with and the woman who hired him to be his fake boyfriend the brother is harry's love interest in the next book and it starts off with him nearly killing Harry by, like, via anaphylaxis when he throws a drink on him. So apparently the wine yard that Liam's family owns is based on a place called Spicer's Retreats. Oh, I see it now. Like, that pool, it looks exactly like how it's described in the book. It's a nice pool. It's actually beautiful. Yeah, oh, that's so. Oh, I want to go on holiday there. But then I would have to go to Australia, um, and that is kind of terrifying because of all the spiders and the snakes. Like, there's even a scene, and this was quite cute, in which like Ambrose is is doing a bad job being a bad boyfriend because they're on the poolside, and like the little baby is there, um, and he's he. he thinks he sees a snake so he literally goes like barreling after the baby to like grab them and like protect them and it turns out it was something called like a skin like a elizabeth type thing but it was very cute but it did have the unfortunate side effect of making making the family like him even more yeah he's like you can see all these moments that show that deep down he is a good person and his the family can see that too and like overall i think like they'll be happy together and then liam and ambrose are going to get married in the winery and they're gonna live happily ever after oh. honestly sounds, like even if i don't like wine it sounds amazing to get married at a winery so pretty have to be in australia though or somewhere hot so that at least you get like a nice hot wedding. 
Did you read it terribly, Tristan? Yet I haven't. No, because my Ku subscription ended like <laughs> the week I read the Harry one, so I didn't have time. But when I next get Ku, I will. Okay. Yes, I was going to ask like who your favorite bad boyfriend was, um, but that's okay. I mean, out of the two I read, I feel like it's Ambrose. I just quite like how ridiculous he is. Although it does sometimes lead. To some very like just awkward moments that do make you want to cringe, like when he doesn't take off his soaking wet shoes and goes into the house, and so like the man has to pointedly ask him, and then even after that, he just like leaves him in such a like piled heap. Yeah, okay, like I don't, I get like secondhand embarrassment really,、um, really badly,、like, even via books. So like that part, yeah, I cringed. Yeah, the cringe was high. And oh, it was like it's when he's making like the inappropriate like sex talk, and then like Liam is cringing, and then you're cringing, and he's like, "You're doing a good job of being a bad boyfriend," but oh god, this is difficult to read sometimes. Think that yeah, I I did like Harry because I thought he and Jack were very cute together. And I don't know. I also liked how Jack didn't. Expect Harry to stop bad boyfriending until he got his degree and became an elementary school teacher because it's like he's like, oh yeah, it's just a career. I get that. I know like you're not actually dating any of them. It also makes it quite like. Can you get a little bit of that when Marcus is trying to pull the whole like, oh Ambrose also cheated on you, and then Liam just gets to like. And、it's so satisfying, but turn around and be like, "Yes, I know. Of course, I know about this." And like the shock on Marcus's face, being like, "Oh, he's caught himself out now." Yeah, I think, I think like Liam had to own up to hiring a fake. Like that was the only way like they were ever going to work out. And. Yeah, I was scared of how this would all unravel, but I think overall it ended up very good, and it was a very satisfying ending, especially when Marcus got absolutely wrecked. So yeah, it's a really funny book that if you haven't read, you should definitely read right now. It's such a good bingeable series. Yeah, it was super fun, and I think it's very light, very good when you want something funny with low angst. Oh, definitely! Like I'm currently listening to the audio book of、um, Babel by Arif Kwang, which is like so heavy, and I'm getting to the really sad part, and I'm crying. But I've been like, again, reading it, this book for this read, and it's like, it's been quite nice to have quite like a light, funny book as like a palate cleanser from all the tragedy of Babel. Oh my gosh! I just avoid tragedy in general. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. And you can join our Discord server if you want to ask our spotlight author questions in real time. Sometimes. I mean, I will release this like a month late, so you can't talk to them now. But in future, you can talk to the authors occasionally. Yeah, in the future spotlights. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.